on, on this, stay on Sunday. The title of my message is, What God Taught Me Through Adoption. My wife Karen and I have been married for years. We are the crazy couple with all those children. We have two bio kids and 12 internationally adopted kids. 11 were adopted from the Philippines and one from Thailand. There are nine boys and five girls. Their ages range from 14 to 34. There is one set of identical twins. And if you're keeping score, the total kid count is 14. Karen and I started our adoption journey over 25 years ago when we began our paperwork to adopt a girl from China. Back in the mid-1990s, there was a lot of tension focused on China and their one-child policy. In an attempt to keep their population from exploding, China limited each family to only one child. Most families wanted boys, which resulted in many girl pregnancies to be aborted, abandoned, or killed at birth. Older girls would also be abandoned after there was a baby boy born into their family. The plight of these young girls pulled at our hearts so much that we made the commitment to adopt. After a number of months working on paperwork for the China program, our adoption agency told us that China was shutting down their international adoption program indefinitely. And as one door was closed, God opened another door, or as it turned out, he opened 12 doors. Our daughter Sarah and son-in-law Layton, they were in the Sarah and her kids were in the video earlier, uh, had attended church here at Wellspring for a number of years before we attended. And through them, we were exposed to the adoption community here. When we went through most of our adoptions, there were no support groups for us, just family and friends. We thought it would be beneficial to be a part of that community. And that has been a great resource for us as parents, as well as a nurturing place for our children. For me personally, the adoption community was the biggest reason for becoming a member here. As I've gotten older, I've come to view most things in life, whether a success or failure, a celebration or tragedy, from the perspective of what is God trying to teach me. So let's get into some of the things that God has taught me through adoption. Probably the first thing I learned was there's much joy brought into our family by bringing a new family member by adoption. God taught me adoption is full of hard stuff, hard decisions, hard transitions, hard attachments, hard found patience, but it is always, always worth it. I learned that adoption can change emotions from fear into security Sadness into happiness, anger into joy, anxiety into peace, shame into grace, confusion into confidence, disappointment into achievement, and loneliness into love. I learned that where God sends you, he will provide for you. I could give a whole message on how we were blessed with each of our adoptions expenses being paid for without going into debt while also being blessed financially in our business and personal life. 
Another thing I learned was that some of our adoptions had a theme or focus at the time. One sibling group, which included three kids, happened along the time that Oceans by Hillsong came out. You might remember the lyrics. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. And, make my, and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Adopting three kids that all at once was a daunting task. And I began asking God to give us courage and faith to do what he was calling us to do. To know society would call us crazy, but to do it anyway. To metaphorically walk on water, having peace that God was in control. I seem to have learned some nice little life lessons along the way. However, it was hard to find the big picture view of what God was trying to teach me. After years of trying to communicate our experiences with others, I started researching adoption in the Bible and finally came to realize that it wasn't just about the relationship with our adopted children. It was more importantly about the relationship with our own adoptive father, our own adoptive heavenly father. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5, Paul writes that God predestines us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ. What God was trying to teach me was that God has adopted me. This was a real eye-opener. It was like when Jesus had risen from the grave, he had met some people with whom his identity was obscured until he revealed himself to them later. I'd been staring it in the face all this time, and God finally revealed it to me. God adopted me. I'm embarrassed to admit that this revelation was closer to our last adoption than our first. In our society, through our court proceedings and legal documents, each adopted child is recognized as a naturally born child of the adoptive parents. Their official birth certificates list the adoptive parents as their actual father and mother, not their adoptive parents. The legal implications make each adopted child an equal heir to their parents' estate. God tells us much the same in Romans chapter 8, verses 15 through 17, when Paul writes, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs of Christ. I am a heir of our Heavenly Father. Are you wondering if you are adopted son or daughter of God? Jesus answers this question in John chapter 15, verse 16, where Jesus said, You did not choose me, but I chose you. What God is trying to teach me about adoption is that God wants to adopt me. He chose me with all my issues, problems, and brokenness. He still chooses me to be his son. I thank God that he would want to adopt me. Being adopted is great news. It is the great news. I thought God was done teaching me at this point. We were 11 adoptions in. What else could I learn? It's like in mountain climbing, though. 
when you come to the false summit. A false summit is a peak that appears to be the pinnacle of the mountain. But upon reaching it, the real summit comes into view and is much higher and further off. God had one more lesson to teach me. Our last adoption was completed earlier this year, this year after we traveled to Thailand in February of 2021. The thing that God was trying to teach me through this last adoption was that when you choose a child, the child has to accept being adopted by you. Obviously, babies can't be asked if they want to be adopted. But at a certain age, it becomes part of the process that the child is asked if they want to be adopted. It's the child's free will to decide. Just because God chooses us to be adopted by him, we still have free will and must accept God adopting us. And when we accept, what does this mean? Our adoption is a gift. It is a grace that Jesus shed his blood for. As a child, we don't pay our parents back for everything they've done for us. Our parents provide us with everything we need to live. Food, shelter, clothes, and the list goes on. It is a gift. Some say it's a labor of love. Our part in accepting this gift is to honor, appreciate, respect, and do what our parents tell and teach us to do. Over the last year or so, we've had many sermons and more than one series about our obedience to God's work. What God commands us to do and the obligations of our grace. We know that grace is a gift. We can do nothing to earn it or pay it back. Much like kids can't pay back their parents. I also believe we have a part in, accepting of, uh, in the acceptance of grace and the obligation of accepting our adoption as an heir to God's kingdom. I think the biggest question a Christian has to answer is, what is our part in grace? Or stated differently, what is our obligation by accepting God's adoption of us? Let's look at John chapter 15, verses 9 through 15, and see what Jesus tells us. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything I learned from my father I have made known to you. <clears throat> I think this is some of the most powerful scripture in the Bible and is coming straight out of Jesus' mouth. In verse 12, Jesus said, My command is to love each other as I have loved you. Over the years, I have come to believe that this is the most important job or task that God has given me on this earth to do. I believe that is what my faith hinges on, and it is what I will ultimately be judged by God for. To simplify it, I've shortened it to three words. Share God's love. How do we love each other as God has loved us? We share God's love. 
Don't forget these three words. I'm going to come back to them. In the next verse 13, Jesus says, Greater love has no one than this. And Jesus is talking of his love. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. This is foretelling his death on the cross. Then in verse 14, he continues saying, You are my friends if you do what I command. Jesus is telling us to lay down our life for our friends. He laid down his life. He died on a cross. And that's a hard act to follow. That is what Jesus not only calls us to do, but commands us to do. Lay down our life. That brings me back to sharing God's love. Sharing God's love is laying down your life for a friend. Sharing God's love doesn't mean we have to volunteer to die on a cross for a friend. Only Jesus could do that. We can lay down our life in a different way. We can lay down our life one minute at a time, one day at a time, one year at a time, one lifetime of service to sharing God's love. As adoptive parents, that's what we do. We give our life sharing God's love that he teaches us through our own adoption. I've always believed that if you want to learn something, you actually have to do it. You might learn something about riding a bike by reading a manual or watching a YouTube video. But the only way to learn how to ride a bike is to get on one and do it. That's how adoptive love is. There are books, workshops, etc. But, but the only way to fully understand our own adoption by our Heavenly Father is to adopt someone. The title of my message today was, What God Taught Me Through Adoption. I've summarized what I have learned with the following three points. One, God wants to adopt you and me. Two, you and I must accept this adoption. And three, to be a son or daughter, you must honor and respect your father and do what he calls and commands us to do. That is to share God's love, share God's adoptive love. There are so many opportunities to share God's adoptive love. There are, of course, legal adoptions of domestic children, foster care children, and international children. There are foster care opportunities that can be short or long term. You can provide respite care or babysitting help for foster care parents or adoptive parents. There are so many ways to come alongside and support these children and parents. There are tons of adoption opportunities outside of legal adoptions as well. Adopt an older person that does not have a child or one that doesn't have grandchildren. Or adopt that older person whose child or grandchild lives away from here and does not get to spend any time with them. Adopt a peer that does not have any siblings or doesn't have any siblings living nearby. You've heard the saying that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. That's not just a Sunday thing. Look around and identify people who need God's love and share it with them. I believe you will find, as I have, that if, that if you share God's adoptive love, you will receive God's complete joy and peace. I also re realize that I've always received more than I have ever given. You can't outgive God. I would like to end with a story from our last adoption. 
our youngest daughter from Thailand had the Thai name of Sathresa. In all our earthly wisdom, we had given her the name of Reese. We tried to derive something from her Thai name in an attempt to make it into an American name so it wouldn't be so awkward for her. Hence, Reese from Sathresa. Maybe a stretch, huh? The first week after we returned home from Thailand, we went to church. She was mesmerized with the worship team, all the great music, and the concert-like atmosphere. Thailand is a 95% Buddhist nation, and she had zero exposure to Christianity. That Sunday, they played The Lumber by Brian Schiltz. You might remember it from last week when the worship team played it during communion. The lyrics start with, I'll bring the lumber, you bring the nails. And when you hang me like a banner up, I'll run death off its rails. I'll bring the lumber, you bring the nails, and I'll build a bridge on back to that ancient garden trail. And the chorus went, that's bursting with free grace, rivers of free grace, Oceans of free grace that have broken down every dam. Wild plains of free grace. Canyons of free grace. Mountains of free grace. Now cover all these lands. So when we got home from, ch so when we got home from church after her first exposure to Christ, she told us she wanted to change her name to Grace. How great a story is that? And how great is our God? Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for calling us to be your adopted sons and daughters, making us heirs to your heavenly kingdom. Help us to accept your gift of grace and adoption. Give us a deeper understanding of the relationship we have with you, our Father. Give us courage and strength to act on your command to love each other as you have loved us, granting us peace and joy that comes from sharing your adoptive love. Amen.